Blog Talk Radio. But my, but my, but I lost my dad 
in, in, in the early part of July uh, yes. for complications from, from prostate cancer. So this, mm. this, this, this is the first time, this is the first birthday that he won't be able to give me a call. And, mm. you know, also, which doubles with football season, the reason why, a big reason why I love my birthday, typically love my birthday so much is during the fall season, which you got NFL and college football. And normally, exactly. you know, we have a, a, a tradition of calling each other after the first few weeks of, of, of the NFL season and probably and really, really throughout the season. But he normally would expect my call. And if I don't call him, he'll call me. So mm-hmm. this, 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 this fall season, it's gonna be a, a it's gonna be full of unpleasant firsts for yours truly. Understand and and couple of that with Ben. Not only with Gail Sayers passing, the great Gail Sayers mm-hmm. passed today, but the the news of Breonna Taylor, um, mm. her the charges basically. <laughs> I mean, people can read about on Google, but in a nutshell, as you as you already know this. They those guys got off, essentially. Yeah. I mean, what what they're going to be charged for is ruin the drywall with the neighbors, essentially. So, it is what it is. No justice, no peace. But I mean, hey, I'm not going to draw on that. But it's been quite a bittersweet. It's kind of sad birthday today. So, um, again, it could be better. I'm I, hey, it could be worse. I could be six feet on the ground right now. True. Um, I Very got a true. good life. Got great friends such as you on the other line, on the other side of the line. Um, you know, well, I have a great you, family. Brother, thank you so much. Oh, yeah. thank you, brother. Most thank definitely. you for being for me. Oh, uh, got to have a great, healthy son. Even though he's he's a typical ten year old child, but I, yeah, <laughs> but he's very healthy, very mm-hmm. smart, and blessed with awesome in laws. You know, just you know, you know, you can't have it all, I guess, but. Anyway, speaking of having it all, let's talk about this talk some HBCU sports with Rob Piali. I know you have a lot of things to say about this since you cover this. I've been looking forward to hollering you about this since the since the just the news of Deion Sanders being a new head coach at Jackson State University of the SWAC. I have a, uh, a front brother of mine who's a who's a Jackson State alum. He has some thoughts about it. But let me just ask you. Let me just give you the floor because I know you're going to do some whole lot of light on my my part, and I just want to just spout some questions off of you. So first of all, give me your thoughts on Dion coaching Jackson State. What are your thoughts on that, good, bad, or otherwise? I mean, it, it can be nothing else other than good, right? Um, for for the time being, because sure. Um. There has been a bigger personality and a bigger name than one Deion Sanders to be named the head coach of any position at, at, at an HBCU. I mean, we've had other greats, you know. Uh, the first one that comes to mind off the top of my head, of course, is one Doug Williams when he was first hired at Morehouse and then subsequently going back home to uh to coach at Grambling. Um right. But if if you look at Dion, Dion is 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 quite possibly one of the best uh, it, well it is the best if not one of the best um professional football players in pro football history. And to have 
someone of that ability, and then, of course, someone of his character, as, as big as it is, to come to the likes of, of Jackson State that has its own history within college football and become their 21st head coach. There's a lot of synergy with that number 21 as it pertains to prime as Jackson State. That's a whole other conversation for another time, too. But to have Dion hired there at Jackson State, it's brought a lot of tension to HBCU sports. Of course, Jackson State into the SWAC. 2021 is going to be a very interesting year as it pertains to the SWAC and, and, and their football programs, not, not the spring football, but the fall football with the addition of Florida A&M and Bethune-Cookman coming over to the conference. But, yeah, it's going right. to be very interesting to see what, first and foremost, what Dion does as a head coach. For those who are familiar with Dion's post-NFL career, especially within the past 10, 15 years, he has been highly active in terms of looking to become a coach to some degree. And there was some talk, even though it was light, uh, about him potentially being a head coach at his alma mater of, of, of Florida State. But, you know, when this opportunity came up, he said, you know, it, it was God sent and he had to take it. And it'll be very interesting to see what he does. Listening to him talk about the program and what he wants to do um, uh, while there in terms of targeting uh, high-caliber talent, he's already talked about one by the name of Corey Fuller. You might be a little bit more familiar with Corey Fuller than I am. I'm still trying to figure out exactly Mm -hmm. who he is. But he did let it be known that he was going after him and that he will continue to try to convince Corey Fuller to come to Jackson State. And if he can go ahead and convince Nickname talent to, to come to HBCU, like he said with his interview with Good Morning America uh, earlier today. Well, all he wants is for not only just Jackson State, but for HBCUs to be on an, a level playing field of not only just their other FCS brethren, but also the FBS programs as well, and so they can show them that HBCUs can produce great products. So it's going to be very interesting to see what what, what happens with with Prime there in in the SWAC. But I will say this, it has already been embroiled in a lot of controversy. It all started back in in, in late August with his consideration. First it was leaked that he was considered for the position. Then it came out, no, that was just a rumor. And then as late as Thursday of last week, it was released that he was going to be named head coach. And then it was leaked. Nah, he's not going to be named head coach. Only for him to be shown on, on his own Instagram account on this past Saturday with the president and the athletic director of Jackson State, which meant, hey, he was going to get hired at Jackson. And then, of course, on on Tuesday, it was leaked, and I'm doing that in air quotes, that um, he was going to end up, um, naming his his uh, coaching staff, which was star studded, which included one Warren Sapp and Terrell Owens, only to find out that that oh. was false. So I'm like, oh my god, this is the first time I've ever seen so much controversy involved with a hiring of any type at an HBCU. So I'm I'm still trying to get used to it, but the excitement is there on, on all aspects 
not just in Jackson State, but outside of Jackson State and from his opponents as well. Well, you know what? As far as, like, that quote-unquote insider leaking all that, well, potentially breaking the information about Warren Sapp and Terrell Owens, that's why it pays sometimes not to be first. Because yeah. I'm not saying that's not true. I don't think it's true. But, I mean, that's, that's why you should just sit back and ask, do as what you, what you like to say, let the pizza bake. Don't say shit until you know it, until you have reliable sources that know it. Because right now, Dion would be in the danger, be danger of tampering if all mm-hmm. that if he announced it right away. Because, like he said, a lot of them have jobs. You know, he didn't have to say all that, but a lot of them have jobs still, and that yeah. he would get in trouble for tampering. But I would say this: Remember when we talked about? You know, with the whole, we're still in the midst of it, kind of, sort of, right? It's still the racial awakening that's that mm-hmm. happened since, uh, uh, since uh, George Floyd's murder. Um, yeah. You know, you know, with with with, with kids, well, high school kids, more high school kids um, who look like us, um, considering HBC, at least considering HBCUs. You have Chris Paul. And uh, 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 Carmelo Anthony, among others, NBA superstars who are hyping, openly hyping HBCUs. I think Chris Paul mm-hmm. said that he didn't know better, even though he grew up outside with Sam Clemens, went to Mount mm-hmm. Carmelo High School, West Forsyth, as a matter of fact. But at any rate, um, so he he lived, he grew up around, he grew up near Winston State. Yeah, it's just that he chose which was, which I'm not mad at him about. He did what we had to do. But he he, he, opened, he said many times that he didn't he didn't know better. I didn't mm-hmm. take it for granted he didn't really know better about the culture of HBCUs. So he's trying to pay for it now, as a, as is Cardinal Anthony and a few others. Um, I mean the thing is is he also had that Thon Maker's brother who committed to Howard and he's trying to mm-hmm. get other high school stars to join him at Howard. Um, mm-hmm. Where he I think he turned that where he turned that he turned out Kentucky didn't he Kentucky. Kentucky, UCLA, and a couple of other programs. Uh, Oregon, I think Oregon was on that list. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You're probably right about that. So, yeah. So, I mean, think about how huge that was. A potential lottery pick choosing Howard over Mm -hmm. those other schools. Um, And basketball, as we know, was one of those few sports where it only takes one. Carmel Anthony proved it. Mm -hmm. Danny Manning proved it way back in the day in the mid-'80s. Mm-hmm. And you know, and maybe this kid make us our make his young brother younger brother. I forget his first name. His he'll maybe he'll do it as well at Howard. Who who knows? McCore. Yeah. Especially especially in this post COVID world we're living like like we're living in, but not post COVID. We're still in the middle of COVID. I want it to be post so bad. Um but <laughs> you have that on the basketball side of the HBCU sports. Now we get to the money maker, football. And all those years past, we had black, more black college stars choosing HBCUs. And it got to the point where, you know, uh, more schools in the North started recruiting black players, more so than myself, obviously. And it went, and, and it went, it came to a head when in 1970, and they, they documented this here, experienced the 50th anniversary, 50th anniversary of when USC, University of Southern Cal, Went down to Alabama 
to play the Crimson Tide in Birmingham's Legion Field. And that game was set come to come to find out on purpose by 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 the by Bear Bryant himself in order to convince boosters, uh, the governor of Alabama, the infamous George Wallace, recruiting more black players because he wanted to recruit black players in the past. But mm-hmm. the powers that be, i.e. the governor and boosters, their money boosters preventing that from happening. Mm-hmm. So when after they got it, and you, I think you, you, I think you, and people who know about this know the fallout. They got the asses kicked by USC, forty-two to twenty-one. Um, and the score was the game wasn't as even as close as the final score indicated, by the way. And that led to, even though he already recruited a black player at the time, it led to. I think he, I think he got hurt. It led to. More and more black recruit, black players being recruited the following year, if I'm not mistaken. And you know, we all know the end of story. Uh, he recruited Tony. I think Tony Nathan played for Alabama. Touchdown, Tony Nathan. Um, okay. Played, played for the Dolphins. Um, of course, the great Ozzie Newsom mm-hmm. played for Alabama in the '70s. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so it led to that floodgate. So that's why people say that's the most important game. The most important moment in, in collegiate sports history, definitely, outside of like Utah beating uh, Adolph Rupp's team or a white team in the yeah. six, mm-hmm. the national mm-hmm. championship. And but but maybe it rivals Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier for most, one of the most important moments of all of sports history, because it led to again it led to a lot of. Southern Blue Bloods recruiting black players, at least for football. So that game yeah. was that gateway, if you will, for that. So I say all of that to say this about Deion Sanders at Jackson State. This, I think, is going to turn the tide, has the potential to turn the tide as far as getting more five and four, three or four, maybe five-star recruits to consider HBCUs because dig this. He's in the midst of a high school recruiting, like high school, like there's a fertile ground for high school players. Mississippi. Mm-hmm. You got Mississippi, boy, by Alabama on one side, Louisiana on the other side. Uh-huh. That is a hotbed. That's, we all know that's a hotbed of high school players. So it's no surprise that Alabama and LSU have, like, all those recruiting advantages, right? So, take this. If you're a kid, right, if you're a 17-year-old kid, and if you have Lane Kevin for Ole Miss coming to your living room, along with uh, Mike Leach from Mississippi State, and then mm-hmm. you have prime time from Jackson State, all three of them in your living room, chances are your you, your parents Know who Dion is. Oh, they're so they know Dion is. Yeah, more so than Kiffin and Mike Lee. No matter how great coach, no matter how big of an offensive mind the former two are, like like the former two are. Mm -hmm. You got Dion. It's Dion Sanders, primetime. What kid would say no to primetime? Because they know Prime is a Hall of Famer. They know Mm -hmm. he's They know that he. He knows what it takes to get to the next level. He's played the game at a high level, obviously. And the chances uh-huh. are, like I said, the parents, the uncles, the aunties, they know who the hell Dion is. Oh, most definitely. So, 
so you so and Dion's the type he's not going to just send the assistant coaches to do it to do the recruiting. He's going to show up in your living room. He's, he's going to go. Yeah, because of anything, feed his ego of anything. But he and like. <laughs> Nick Saban is probably the other cat who will actually show up. In, I know he will show up in kids' living rooms as well. That's how I guess that's one big reason why he gets all the good players. That's he's a hell of he's a hell of a, a recruiter. So, Dion, I mean, this has to be potential. Jackson State is, has the potential of being embarking on something great because again, he is in the midst of of high school, a fertile high school recruiting ground. Refer recruiting going for high school players, and you can't tell me Dion's not going to get at least half of them. And the word on the street is they already flipped a kid, a grad transfer who was committing to a big school. He he flipped him to come to to play for him, I guess in the spring since they moved the FCS moved everything to like like uh, to the spring. Yeah. So so I mean, dude, potential. Uh, something huge, not only for Jackson State, but the SWAT. Because if that if, if they see Jackson State pulling all those players, that would lead other coaches. That would lead to other schools to do this. A have their coaches step up their games, or pour money into their their their, their facilities and whatnot, or get the coaches that they think they can rival Dion in terms of notoriety and name and everything. So. Again, this we're on the verge of possibly something big as far as HBCU football goes, at least for the SWAC. It's going to be very interesting, right? Um, like you said, uh, Mississippi is right there in between Alabama and Louisiana. But also, don't forget, Prime has ties to the state of Texas. He's from Florida. So he has connection all throughout all of the SWAC in most of the SEC states, right? So, of course, those are going to be the universities that he's going to compete with. I'll say this. Um, as much notoriety that time has, one of the things that he's going to have to be able to do is show these kids that he's going to be able to bring in a coaching staff and that this program is going to win, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be tough. Um this this spring season that they got coming up, um, going to be his first year. I don't know what his staff is going to be like, but the one thing that he keeps saying is that he and his staff are going to have a combined 85 years of coaching um, on that staff and coaching and playing on that staff, which mm-hmm. is part of the reason why people are trying to guess who could be on his staff already. But I digress. That's a whole other conversation for another time. Mm-hmm. But mm. this that first this this first spring year, my hope for him at least, right, is that the kids that he's looking to recruit are going to look at this first season as a mulligan, right? Probably the same way that McCord may have looked at Howard and 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 Coach Blakely's first year at Howard when he only won two games there at Howard. And he still yeah. chose to go, right? Um, right. Because I think that this first year for Prime is going to be tough. Um, and, and especially in the division that he's going to be in with the current juggernaut of Alcorn State and then come fall 2021 
where he's going to have to deal with uh, the rivals from his home state of Florida A&M and Bethune-Cookman also being in his division. So the, the right. East division of the SWAC is going to be a tough one, even for one Deion Sanders, right, in recruiting. So he's going to have to recruit, once again, not just against the, the schools within the SWAC, and, and all, well, just, not just with the schools within the SWAC, but primarily those within his division. And he's going to have that very interesting belt where he's going to have to convince kids who are interested in playing in the SWAC to be like, nah, I don't want to go to the, the, the three-time or the, 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 the recent three-time champion in, 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 in Alcorn State. No, I don't want to go to the rising juggernaut of, of, over there with Willie over there at FAMU. And no, I don't want to go to Bethune-Cookman. Three programs right there that have averaged at least uh, uh, eight wins a game for the past two seasons apiece, right, to go to Jackson State right. that have won a combined five games before Prime got there, right? over the past two years. Right. So it's going to be very interesting to see if he's going to be able to get talent to bypass those teams, not just with recent history, but with historic past to come and play for him. So that's going to be the very interesting thing to see who he's going to be able, not just within the coaching staff ranks, but also what top-tier talent he's going to be able to bring in there to Jackson, Mississippi as well. Yeah, well, I'll say this, man. All of this, all all of this is going to be all for naught if Jackson State doesn't help Dion and reinvest in the football program. I mean, yeah. I'm looking at the state. This seems old, and especially in the words of my my, my aforementioned frat brother uh, earlier, uh, it's it's old and decrepit. You know. Um, they, it's possible. We all know it's possible for HBCUs to raise enough money to at least uh, renovate the stadiums, like our, our beloved North Carolina NT did with what what was formerly known as Aggie Stadium. Now it's called Truist uh, Stadium. Yes. Uh, uh-huh. um, uh, you know, there's that, and what Central did has done for their football stadium. Um, also, or even build it from scratch, like. They did a preview AM, which is pretty yes. nice. Uh, it's very nice. So the money, the, it, it's possible. If Jackson State wants to, if they really want to be the beacon, I mean, they got the football tradition in the world. I mean, hell, Walter Payton played for them. And many mm-hmm. other great players. So mm-hmm. they got, they have the know-how. They, I'm telling you, man, if they, if they do, if the administration does right by Dion. And reinvest in the football program. Have they don't even have to have a top flight state of the art facility. They just have to make it so that the manager hadn't taken a personal tour of the facility, but make it make it attractive for these kids. Make it attractive mm-hmm. for the blue chipper, at least the three and the four stars, and, and even to the possibility of shooting for the stars, so to speak, and get the five star kids. You know, just make a, there'd be a new weight room, a better weight room, um, football facilities, locker room. Uh, they got to do at least some of that stuff. And they, they, I mean, they're state schools, so they got to know how, they got the resources, they got the alumni. Lord knows 
if, if, if it's like any other average HBCU alumni, it's going to be strong. So it has to be strong. So it, it's, they, they, they have all the tools there to reinvest in the program. So I think we mentioned in, 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 in another book that we were talking to, I forget his name. Um, but anyway, we talked about that in the past. I wish I had him on the podcast with, uh, with us right now to talk more about this. We may have him on next week if the news, if Dion makes more news next week. Um, oh, give it two they, weeks when, when his coaching staff comes out. Yeah, Jackson. Yeah, Jackson. Yeah, exactly. So that's when. So yeah, we're basically going to talk about it about next week more than likely. But the point is, is that Jackson State has to do what it has to do. They have to reinvest in the football program for this to work. Otherwise, and that's the thing. You know, operating with one arm tied behind his back, and you can't have that. True. Very true. And 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 that's where uh, that that like you said before, the alumni comes in. One of the biggest issues for HBCUs is having enough money to bring in, you know, it's, it's the cost of paying or, or, or having enough money for scholarships for out-of-state students. And that's one of the things that HBCUs tend to have an issue with. Um, you know, I, I've discussed with, with former players uh, in the past, uh, one of the, the, the things, the, the best way it was explained to me by a, a, a former uh, uh, attempted to be recruit was that a then coach at an HBCU told him the money that it's going to cost to bring you to me because he was an out-of-state student, the money it's going to cost for me to come get you, I can get two students in-state for that same price. So if I do get you, it's going to have to be worth it. You know, and, and that's one of the things that HBCUs really don't have that leeway to play with, which is to go ahead and, and, and spend frivolously on out-of-state talent, whereas, of course, Power Five conferences and, 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 and other FBS schools have that ability because, of course, they have the money to do so. HBCUs are unfortunately don't. So that's why a lot of times they're recruiting in-state, and they may get a couple of guys from out-of-state. But, you know, if, if they can go ahead and get the alumni to, to, to donate and believe in this program, and, and oddly enough, that's the theme that Prime has at Jackson State right now, hashtag I believe, if you can go ahead right. and get them to go ahead and invest in, in the program like you said, they'll be able to go ahead and bring in these top-tier talents from out of state and have them compete. But it's all a matter of time. It's all really going to be a matter of time to see, one, if the university and, and its alums start to give back, and, two, if this program can get back to, to, to its winning ways. What do you think, to the question, but what do you, well, I have to ask you, because everyone else is asking me, what do you think will be success for Deion Sanders? What, what do you, what, what, like, what do you think, uh, you know, like, like uh, the, 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 like, would it be eight, nine wins, a boat, like, just the playoffs? Would it be, like, get more kids to go to Jackson? Well, what do you think would be considered a victory for Deion Sanders in his mind? If you're be Deion short term or long term? Uh, start with short term. What short term would be turning the program around. Like I said before, sure. um, it's been some time, I can't give you the exact year. 
but it's been some time since this program has had a winning program, right? Um, right. So first and foremost, they need to get back to getting uh, to, to having a winning program. And after that, well, they have to get back to having a winning program, and that's going to that's going to take them having better talent there um, within the, uh, the the university within the program. And once that right. happens, um, you know, if the game is still in existence, getting to the Celebration Bowl and winning that. If not, you know, that, that next step will have to be getting to the playoffs. And then once you're capable of getting to the playoffs, at least winning a playoff game. And then that next step, of course, is to start having advancement within the playoffs and then, of course, subsequently winning a national championship. But, of course, baby steps. First and foremost, they need to get above 500. And once they do that, which is going to be a bear, like I said before, that East uh, Division come 20, the fall of 2021 is going to be very interesting and very competitive. And and, and then after that, once they, once they stage can at least win a division, then they got to go ahead and, and and step two would be winning the um the conference. So yeah, in short term, it's at least winning the division first. Uh, well, the, the short term, the first thing first is getting above five hundred. So he can start doing that, and he can have a longer tenure than most uh, at J, at JSU. Mm-hmm. Well, I should say a longer tenure than his current predecessors at JSU. Sure. Uh, let me ask you this. Do you think Deion's going to stay long enough for the long haul to see this thing through? Because he, if he, let's just say he is successful in the first two, three years. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, let's say it this way. He has a wonder or not because he's Deion Sanders. That's the name. Of course. Do, you, do you see him stick around? Do you see him stick around past five years? Do you think five he makes years? it to five years? Wow, that is a very interesting question. Um, God, do I see Prime making it past five? I would love to see him there longer than five years. But you're right, one, he does have a wondering eye. We've seen it within his pro career. Um, chances are it, it, it'll probably translate into his coaching career as well, unfortunately. Um, number two to that would be, of course, if he comes in, it shows that he can turn the program around. <laughs> Other programs are going to be interested in, in, in um, trying to scoop him up and, and, and send him away. So I, yeah. I, I'm intrigued to see how dedicated to HBCUs uh, Deion Sanders is. Um, he is a recent alum of, of Tougaloo, um, actually about a month, month and a half ago. So um, he, he does have that connection. Um, he also was the was the the uh, NFL alum who was spearheading the whole HBCU um, combine that the NFL was doing was looking to do for the first time back in March, and for him to be the non HBCU guy to be the one spearheading that was one phenomenal for in my eyes. To him, but also kind of weird. I'm like, yo, none of the other HBCU alums care enough, but that also shows me 
how much one Dion cares about these players as men, and two, how badly he wants to be a teacher of men. So the, 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 those are the two things that, that were exposed to me more than anything else. And, and, and I'm like you said before, five years, I hope, but we'll have to see because uh, Jackson State has already shown that if you don't win, they will pull the trigger quick. But the difference yeah. is those those last two coaches weren't named Deion Sanders. So right. the, the the drawing power, especially um, fiscally, is going to be completely different with Prime than it was with them. So, yeah, as long as Prime could be a draw, we'll see how, how long that the, uh, the, 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 the AD over at Jackson State tolerates them, especially if they're not winning. And then we'll see also how long he's willing to stay if he does turn the program around. Mm. Well, let me say, let me just close this segment one last thing. Uh, you mentioned this before. I know mm-hmm. you're not going to give away the else because you heard it from a reliable source. We suppose, like, that Dion does do the damn thing, get more players. There's the other schools, the rival schools, the Gramblers, Southerns, the FAMUs, they start to – Alcorn State's a big rival. They they, 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 they start stepping up their, their game out of recruiting, out of reinvesting their programs, or getting mm-hmm. the same coaches, right? Um, well, actually, I got two questions. That's the first question. Um, with what you said in the past about the SWAT commissioner parlaying this getting these brand names into a possible television deal. Um, do you think that's even more – do you think that would be more possible, possible with, with, with the acquisition of Dion by Jackson State and the potential domino effect that I have? Again, supposing that he does the damn thing and causing the other five schools in the conference to follow. Do you think that we will be looking at as a particular – a potential conference channel – for the swag, since let's just face it, there they and maybe Saturday, but also the swag is probably has the most brand names in HBCU sports, and more people will be interested. So, give me your thoughts on that. Wow, as a network, a, a sole network, once again, I hope. Yeah, you know, we've we've had that conversation before in the past. Um, I've, I've already <laughs> given my thoughts on what they should be doing to at least get that ball rolling before convincing, say, like the likes of an ESPN or Fox or even a CBS to come in and and, and end up having a network alongside this conference. I'll say this, though, football-wise, they already got the coaches there, in my opinion. You already have great coaches there um, and, and, and Fred McNair, um, Steve McNair's older brother. And then you also you have my man uh, Connell Maynard over there, Alabama A&M, who led Winston-Salem State to a Division II um, title game uh, while he was there. Also, you know, you've got Willie Simmons and, and Terry Sims of Florida A&M and Bethune-Cookman, uh, respectively, coming over to the SWAT in the fall 
So you you have a lot of it, well, at, at least within the HBCU ranks, name recognition as it pertains to the football head coaches. And then, of course, if the basketball teams can can get on a good foot and start winning more outside of the conference, it will be interesting to see if they can parlay all of that over to a network. But they do have, one, the brands to do so, and two, most of these schools are within great media markets in order to do so. So they, they, they have the, the uh, foundation to go ahead and do it. The thing is, and, and, and I know that the commission is probably wanting to do so, it's all about execution and how they do it, though. So I'm, I'm going, I am just as intrigued as you are to see if this actually comes into fruition because everything is right there in place for them to do it. It's just whether or not it gets done and how quickly it gets done. My last question on this segment. Um, do you really think, can you imagine like a coaching staff with Pope Terrell on and, and uh, Warren Sapp on it? How hilarious, how, that would be a reality show in and of itself. And as a matter of fact, if, if they're thinking, <laughs> if if the Jackson State's thinking, they could make a reality show the hell out of this shit. Dion Primetime, the way he came in at his press conference in that car. Oh, my God. With that flying side piece on his arm. And, you know, with, and plus having both Warren Sapp and Terrell Owens as his assistant coaches. That will probably get more kids, too, by the way. But <laughs> it will definitely go on a lot of attention. Uh, 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 you know, um, you know, uh, uh, on the show wise, I'll say this: it, um, if, if you said it, chances are Prime has already thought it, right? In terms of, right? If yeah, <laughs> he's capable of bringing in other big names to come in and be on his staff, whether or not they can go ahead and turn it into some sort of reality show to do probably in conjunction with Barstool Sports, who he already has a relationship with, or if he already has a YouTube network doing something like that to that degree or, or something to that effect. But to your point, um, you know, that list when it was leaked, Prime said, you know, this is basically the, the, the worst thing that you can do is, is, is go ahead and, and release this list because it's absolutely wrong. You, it, It's hard. Well, you really don't want to get off to being on a bad start with me by releasing this type of information, this type of false information. And then I don't know if you got a chance to see Warren Sapp's tweet about uh, him being named um, at his position. And this was exactly what his tweet was. He said, okay, let me type this as clear as I can. Mississippi, F no. So the folk at Jackson State did not take that too kindly. Um, so it, it seems as though that Warren Sapp is animate about not coming to Mississippi for now, right? So I really don't know. For now. And, 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 and I've learned that dealing with this situation, because unfortunately the university fakes lied to some members of the media and said that Dion was, was not a candidate for the position only for him to be right. hired. So who knows 
what's true and what's not true. All I'm going to say is I'm going to say the same thing that you already know. Let the pizza cook. I'm going to wait because I learned that last week. I'm going to wait till Monday. So Prime say wait till October. I'm going to wait till October. So, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm not even following no more leaks, no more leads, no more nothing. <laughs> I'm going to wait until the announcement is made. I'm going to wait until that piece is cooked, and I'm going to go ahead and get me a slice once it is. But, yes, I'm glad you said it because my, my, my thought was to say it too. Tracy Edmonds fine in the mug. My God, Tracy yeah. Edmonds is fine. I swear for God. Wait a minute, that's Thank Tracy you, Edmonds? Jesus. That's his woman? Yes. Yes. Did Tracy Edmonds say she's married to Babyface? I know she yes. looks familiar. I didn't think it was her. Yes. That is her. Yes. Wow. wow. And she's older than we are. She's older than the two of us. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And don't crap. Yeah. That's why yeah. y'all love black women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> right along before yeah. I get myself into trouble. Um, <laughs> yeah. The NBA. The yeah. NBA. Playoffs. Eastern Conf- the Conference Finals. L.A., I know they lost the last game. I think that's a serious lose. I, I like Denver's story, but we all know that should have been the Clippers and the Lakers in the finals, conference finals. Yeah. The Battle of L.A. that's never took place. Um, I'm still mad about that, but nonetheless, um, L.A.'s about to – it still looks – look, Denver's making it interesting. I'll give them that. I knew they weren't going to go over. But I know, A, they have to be worn down. And B, LA is just tougher. LA is a, the Lakers just a better team. That's just mm-hmm. what I feel about it. Um, so which leads us to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, well, actually, before I get to the Eastern Conference Finals, let me just ask you this: Do you think that either Boston or Miami will have a chance in hell against the Lakers? I mean, I given do. that the, the Lakers role, so do you, do you think? I mean, look. Miami and Boston, they're both tough teams. They're both well coached. Mm-hmm. I think Boston's deep. But, but you said they, they do have a snowball chance. So either one of those teams has a snowball chance in hell against the Lakers in the finals. Should they see where them get? Yes. Um, for for uh, the, the number one reason um, <clears throat> being is that we've already seen that small ball teams can give the Lakers fit, and sure. either one of these teams will probably be the better of the small ball teams that they will face in these playoffs. Um, I mean, they're far better than than Houston, in my opinion. They're, they're a lot more deeper, and they tend to play slightly better defense than Houston, too. Um but yeah, we 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 seen if you can get a team that can consistently make buckets, and and also mm-hmm. it just seems like the basketball IQ of both uh, Miami and Boston as a team is better than Houston, in my personal opinion. Um, even though James Harden may be the better player out of all of the players from all three teams, but um, yeah, as as a team. Yeah, I, I, I think that if the Lakers, who has shown that they can, one, play down to their opponent, and two, can't struggle against small ball teams, do just that against either one of these uh, two teams, 
there's a chance. There is a chance um, that they could lose to either one. And, and both of these teams are, are well coached, like you said. They're extremely deep. Um, the Miami Heat are showing exactly how deep they are in these conference finals with at least five guys averaging double digits uh, in the last three games. And in game three, you had six guys from the Miami Heat scoring the double figures. And then Boston also is, is, is equally as deep. They've, they've had at least three or four guys averaging double uh, double figures in these um, finals, too. So, yeah, these, these boys are, are battle-tested, deep, and well-coached. So, I, I truly believe they do, do have a chance, man. They do have a chance. And the way that the Lakers have looked outside of LeBron and AD consistently throughout these playoffs, yeah, they can get beat. Mm. Mm. Well, we'll have to see about that. I get. I love. I love. I love both Miami and Boston. Two things I never mm-hmm. saw. Hear myself say <laughs> um, But those teams, they're well coached. Again, Boston's deeper. But mm-hmm. I just like them. I love the. I love both those teams myself. Jimmy Butler has been a hell of a. Help an addition for the Miami Heat. He would be he would be my MVP vote. He would be he would get my vote for MVP, even in the regular season. Because again, there's the same Miami Heat team. I saw two rookies, two rookies that they that play well. By the way, the kids with nine zero that that won blew over thirty five games last year. That same team, if they completed the regular season, would won over fifty games. Now mm-hmm. they're in the Eastern Finals because of one guy that would be Jimmy Butler. So he would get my MVP vote on that alone. Damn, Giannis. It was a soft-ass book. It was fucking soft. I'm disappointed about it. But anyway, I won't, I won't go over on that anymore. Let's go to the NFL, to, to the NFL man. Um, too early. I know it's still too early. I don't, I don't I, this is one reason why I don't have my power rankings until after week four, after the quarter poll, because at that point you have a more better idea of who's for real and who's not, right, after mm-hmm. four games. Um, but I will say this, man. The Falcons, they're going to be in for another long-ass season. How the hell do you blow it at 20-point lead? I mean, they were up twenty. They were up 29 to 10 and a half. So actually, let's just go. I'm going to look at the box score. No, I'm going look, to look at the game cast on ESPN. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the scoring. They were up twenty to nothing in the first quarter. Twenty nine to ten at halftime and lose. There's a stat that's out there, it's like a team that not only was up by twenty points or more, was the twenty points that did not turn over the ball was four hundred forty and oh. Uh-huh. Until the Atlanta Dallas game. I should have known better. When I started trolling uh, Scooter Magudo on on Twitter, <laughs> you know, the big Cowboys. Um, when I started trolling in the first half, the Cowboys fans everywhere. Someone said, some one of the Twitter followers said, one that hey, this is the same public team that blew a twenty eight to three lead in the Super Bowl. And lo and behold, I laughed at it. I laughed at I laughed it off. But I had the thought in the back of my head. I'm like, this can't happen again, could it? And it did. And it did. They blew a twenty to nothing lead, twenty nine to ten halftime lead, 
Yeah. And 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 golly, I mean, how do you blow an onside kick? That everybody should be. Fourteen yards, just, that Dallas has to kick a team. Just fall just on touch it. the damn ball. Knock it out of bounds. Just fall on it. Still get their ball. All I do is fall on it. They have to wait ten yards. They're just standing there, just watching it trickle, 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 trickle. I said, I was screaming at the TV, just fall on the damn ball. Fall on it. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, they uh. look like a first baseman watching a ball going down the first baseline, waiting for it to go foul. That's exactly yeah. what they look like. And uh, to your point about the Falcons being the same Falcons that gave up a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl, no. It is not. <laughs> that receiver core has gotten better. That defense and that running game has gotten a little bit worse, in my personal opinion, because they don't have the uh, the, the, the offensive coordinator of – one Kyle Shanahan there, um, but right. one of the things that is consistent there is the head coach, Coach Quinn. Yeah. So he's still there, and um, oh, I don't know how I don't know how he still has a job. Hell, I don't know if he still has a job after the Super Bowl. And then blow this lead, especially looking at that—that's coaching. Every they should have been coached to jump on the ball, the damn ball, without having to wait for ten yards. It's falling the damn ball. Knock it out of bounds. I, would I don't say know this. how he still has a job. The Super Bowl, I actually saw the Super Bowl happening. I called it at halftime of that game Uh-oh. where all of my friends were skipping around my boy's house celebrating all oh, the pictures about to lose. And I said, hey, don't bust that nut just yet. This is still <laughs> between the Patriots, and they still have Tom Brady over there playing <laughs> offense for 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 the for, for the squad and that defense it started to show that they were tiring and you know they were on the field uh, uh, quite often because that offense unfortunately was not converting a bunch of first downs and that thing that happened that game so that one I I actually understand that one a whole lot more than I understand what happened this past Sunday because like you said even with them giving up that bulk of that lead, right, they still mm-hmm. had a – I mean, yes, that's the biggest thing, falling the ball. But at the same time, that defense did give up a chunk of points to the Cowboys in that fourth quarter, which made this whole comeback possible. If they don't give up the points, they don't get there. But we already knew coming into the season how strong Dallas's offense was. But it still right. comes down to that one play. That is coaching. Fall on the ball. It's not like anyone else was there before you. You had a bunch of black jerseys surrounding that ball and staring at it. That was the thing. You would have thought that they were the Cowboys, the way they were waiting for the ball to go past 10 yards. I'm like, yo, you don't have to wait. Fall on the ball, but oh my god! Huh, I digress. But yeah, that was just insane to to sit there and watch that. What's that? Yeah. Oh, knock it out of bounds! Like it's early. Knock the damn ball out of bounds. Do something. 
Do something. You, you do something. I don't care what it is. Do something. Not do nothing. Do something. So yeah, they, uh, yeah. I, I, I understood that loss a whole lot less than I understood the Super Bowl loss. I really did. But it is what it is. They now yeah. allowed the Cowboys to go one and one, which is a lot better than going zero and two. Because I think I was on this right. program just last week saying that twelve percent of the teams that have gone zero and two in the Super Bowl era have ever made the playoffs. So yeah, for those teams that are zero and two right now, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying twelve percent. Looking kind of slim. Well, well. Um, how about this? Uh, to make it even worse, nine or two teams, but or the teams that won Sunday, the injury bug. This, oh, this last, yes. last Sunday, president for injuries, man. The, the rash of injuries. I mean, yes. look at the look at the stars, man. I mean, uh, uh, um, Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. The tearing his ACL. The way you saw the way he went down awkwardly when he when he was being tackled, it was like, oh no, we was holding his knee. Then you have um, in the San Fran New York Jets game, it was a rash of injuries. I mean, yeah. First you had Jimmy Jimmy G Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo with high ankle sprain. He'll try and play this week, but I think the coach I think Coach Shanahan is going to hold him out. Then you had. Um, Alleged racist um, Dick Bosa, <laughs> um, get, like getting getting injured, tearing his ACL. People were having to feel that his ass on Twitter. Um, uh-huh. Had his backup, well, not even a backup, but one of his rotational guys, uh, Solomon, who's a damn good player himself. He was a top, he was a top five pick himself. He he got hurt. So basically, San Fran is down two. Uh, three, I think they had another guy who missed the game, so they're down three of the top defensive linemen. That was a strength last year. Last mm-hmm. year. And then, I mean, all these – then you had other injuries, but those are the main ones that stick out. No more Saquon Barker for the rest of the year. No more Nick Bosa for the rest of the year. And who knows what's going to happen. And also, yeah, um, in, the, in, the temp, temper, in the Carolina Tampa game, uh, Christian McCaffrey is out for good, what, six weeks with an ankle injury? That's huge. It is. So, it, it, it's just, it's wow. It's just, I mean, as much as we hate the preseason, I guess it's the reason why the preseason is needed. <laughs> because, I mean, you could argue that the first two weeks, especially the first week of the season, teams are just feeling each other out. Getting mm-hmm. getting used to like new like different systems, especially those changes in locations like Tom Brady and a few others. Um, at least getting just get get some working because the difference between being in shape and being in football shape. And yes. you know, as much inter squad scrimmage as you can have, is not to can you can't match a real game situation. So I think that's part of the combination of that as well. That and bad luck. But man, I feel for Giants fans. I feel for San Francisco fans, 49ers fans. I feel for Carolina Panthers fans. These these, these injuries, man, it's crazy. Yeah, the Niners one 
that's the one that's the, the, the more interesting to me because this was a team that a lot of people, well, outside of myself, who thought that the Niners would repeat as division champ, not realizing that <laughs> Seattle is going to be Seattle and they're off to a wonderful start. The Rams are starting to look like that. They're starting to get back into their rhythm of a couple of seasons ago. And surprise, surprise, the Arizona Cardinals are 2-0 as well. So they're, they're yeah. in a tough division where they're looking up at three teams that are all undefeated as of right now. And then, like you said, you know, they lose two of their defensive linemen, two of their defensive starters on the defensive line. And then, of course, DeForest Buckner gets traded away to the the Colts. So that's three of your four starting defensive linemen from last season that went to the Super Bowl that are no longer there. Then you also lose yeah. your starting quarterback and your starting running back. And Debo Samuels it might be there for week three. He didn't even play weeks one and two. So, yeah, this is a team that's missing a bunch of important pieces. You also had um, uh, their tight end. Uh, 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 God, uh, uh, Kittle, who, who um, yeah, dealt with some some yeah. issues, um, and, and it's interesting because they're saying that it's the field, the field turf there in New York, which causes issues for them, and, and oddly enough, <laughs> they had to play the Giants in that same stadium this coming Sunday. This so Sunday, there's yep. there's some rumors floating around. That they may have to, that they may end up sitting some players out because they really don't trust that turf there. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens, not just this Sunday in terms of in terms of who they choose to play, who they're going to go forward with for the rest of the year to uh, have at least an opportunity to repeat as division champs in a very difficult NFC West. Yeah, I think Arizona even though to finish. Last place, but I picked them to have a winning record. I picked them to be no less than to be no worse than eight and eight. Mm. That's a good team. They've yeah. been better, but they're tough division. God, leave the the the, the, the Seahawks, Forty Nineers, and Rams. Oh, that's not even fair. But that whole division's tough. Yeah, I think Arizona's gone good this really good this year. It just won't be reflecting the record, and that'll be unfortunate. But I really like Kyler Murray a lot. I like the addition of DeAndre Hopkins. But still, still, I don't Ooh. know what the hell Bill O'Brien and Houston were thinking. And they traded him for, for essentially a tomato can and a few other cans. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, Atlanta, uh, Atlanta, Arizona, they're on, the, they're on the cusp. Now, again, this is two weeks. But I figure they look better this year. They're looking really good right now. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, we've seen. But last thing was two things. How about them Raiders? Excuse me. Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. Me and Drew Brees and company from New Orleans on Monday night to open the Christmas new, what they call the Death Star. Dude, <laughs> what better team to be in Las Vegas than the Raiders? Renegade squad. Al Davis-led squad. Always going to get the NFL establishment. The, the, the anti-hero, if you will. Of course the Raiders had to be in Las Vegas, right? <laughs> of yeah. course they had to be in Las Vegas. The Sin City hosting the Sinners. I mean, it's perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. Um, 
too bad you didn't have a crowd there. But shoot, that would otherwise seem a little bit hell crazy. But given that the Death Star, if you will, is right off the strip, I've been. It's like on the, on the other side of the Vegas Strip, but you can still get there easily by by, by walking. You can easily walk there. So, but basically, man, it's all, again, it's only two weeks. But how about those Raiders? Yes, they're looking good, and the fact that they're capable of keeping pace offensively has been the big thing to me. And right. Henry Suggs hasn't necessarily not Suggs. Uh, no, it's Rugs. Henry Ruggs, uh, the third, really hasn't been a huge part of the offense just yet. It's been the rookie from last year, uh, last year uh, Jacobs, the running back, and um, and Jared Carr playing extremely well. Um, <laughs> and, and, and as much as people were wondering whether or not Carr would be capable of playing for um for Gruden, it looks like it's it's it, well, as of right now, it's looking good. But um, we'll see how how it goes for the rest of the season because they too are in a very tough division in the AFC West, dealing with right. last year's champion, the Chiefs, the Chargers, who are one and one, who just had a tough one against their Chiefs, and unfortunately the Denver Broncos, who have played against two tough teams. But they've lost their QB, and they've also lost their, their number one receiver in um, Cortland uh, Sutton. Right. Yeah, it's been a bad week for injuries, man. Uh, yeah. Knock, knock the wood for Big Ben Roethlisberger because he's helped my Steelers be 2-0. Uh, even though the defense is carrying him right right now to speak. Um, we get you out here on this, but we'll close the show on this. Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, again, we both know we you you know how much I hate the Patriots. I think you hate the Patriots as well. But I'm pulling for Cam. Eh. Newton. I, oh. I think Cam Newton. I still think Cam. You like? Eh. I think Cam Newton got a raw deal in Carolina. Um, he's been hurt the last three or four seasons after the MVP season, Super Bowl season, um, the Super Bowl appearance. That uh, that is. But um, he's been looking great. This year, he's healthy. He has, and he's a great coaching staff under Bill Belichick. I got so I give got to give the coaches props again. This is the same coach that took a Matt Matt Castle led Patriots team, got it into eleven wins. That's how good this coach is. So he mm-hmm. has a far better, better, much more talented version of Matt Castle and Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. And Cam Newton, to his point, thirty of forty four. 397 yards and a touchdown. Could have had yeah. two touchdown passes. Julian Edelman didn't drop that potential game winner uh, late late in the game on that final drive. Um, but even though Edelman had a good game himself, eight receptions, 170 yards. But how? But you got to give it up for Cam Newton, man. I'm, I'm pulling for this brother to do well, even though he's a, he is a Patriot. But I'm pulling for him to do well, and who knows if he does really well for him this year, he may be. He may be uh, the guy who, who officially who who really succeeds uh, Tom Brady. Now, look, I'm not saying that he'll make people forget about Tom Brady. That's not going to happen. I mean, because we no. saw Peyton Manning win the Super Bowl with the Broncos. That that didn't mean that people forgot about John Elway. No, sir. Let's say Pittsburgh. Big Ben has done some great things for us, winning two Super Bowls, going to three. But we haven't forgotten about Terry Bradshaw. 
So mm-hmm. I'm not saying that the, the if that were the old and with the new, but you still got to be impressed with what Cam Newton is doing in New England. Highly impressed. Now, um, to, first and foremost, I'm going to address my reaction. My reaction was to your statement about us both hating the Patriots equally, where I don't necessarily have to stay for the Patriots. My thing is I just wish that my team, the Washington football team, would do some things the way that the Patriots do it, even if that means, hey, recording um, practices so you can have a leg up. So be it. It is what it is. It's not, che- Make them play. it's not cheating if you don't get caught. It's not cheating, it's, it's if, you not cheating if you don't get caught. And if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So, I, hey, I look exactly. at it a little bit different than, than, than a lot of other people, but I digress. Now, my thing right. was I was happy that New England gave Cam an opportunity, right? As, as right. tough as I am and have been in the past on Cam Newton, my concern was whether or not he was healthy. And I'm getting tired of the right. talks about how much money Cam signed for in New England. Hey, he signed the contract. That was his choice. Yes, that was the, right. the contract he was offered, but that was his choice. He signed it. It is what it is. Stop crying. Get over it. But the thing is, Week one, he ran over all over the Miami Dolphins. And my thought was, okay, at least running cam is back. I don't know how I feel about that arm yet. He got to have to prove it to me. And what does he do to, in week two? If he gets the Seattle Seahawks defense, he throws for, like you said, 397 yards. That was basically a A.D. Nash shut up. So, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. If he continues to play at this pace, then, uh-oh, Buffalo Bills, and the, the, and the way that everyone was anointing you, the AFC East champion before the season started, might not be that easy. And they were one bad play call away from beating the Seahawks in Seattle. Now, yes, it's different because the 12 ain't there, but to go out there on the West Coast and play that team as well as they did, hey, they're going to give the rest of the, of the AFC some problems throughout the rest of the season. And who knows, they just might end up not relinquishing that stronghold on that division just yet. Even though the Bills are looking good, but the Bills did beat up on the Jets and the Dolphins, respectively. Right. But, hey, get them dubs whenever you can. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, so we we'll see about that. It's, that's going to be. I still think that division is good. That it's, it's the Patriots to lose, even though I like the Bills a lot. But it's going to be interesting. Sam plays host to guess who? The Raiders. So that'll mm-hmm. give us a chance to see. Okay, again, it's too early to see right now, but we're starting to get a little bit of an idea. Yeah. Of who's good? Who's who's not? Who's a fraud? Who should we be paying attention to? But uh, this Sunday is going to be telling a lot, man. Um, you know, and I think your Washington team is going to play in Cleveland Saturday. I mean, Sunday as well. So yeah. it, that's going to be it, an interesting game. Even though, game. Look, even though Ask Haskins better each week, um, mm-hmm. it's just as in Cleveland. It's just to see how um, uh, Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr. company do against the Washington football team. Yeah, and that's been the discussion for most of the day today is, one, whether or not Haskins is progressing quickly enough 
and whether or not he needs to stick around, and then also <laughs> which team is technically worse between the the, uh, the Washington football team and the Browns because they're they're if you look at them from the outside looking in, with the exception of the amount of talent that the Browns have on paper on the offensive side of the ball, both of these teams tend to have similar luck in recent years. And um, it's going to be very interesting to see how this game is played now. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, Yeah, yeah, we'll see. But uh, let's talk about next week, brother. So uh, thank you again, bro. And uh, we'll see if we get any Dion news next week and uh, see how this NFL NFL week three shapes out. I'll say this. I hope it's quiet in Jackson. I'm hoping. Uh, I'll say and he's been out there in the city meeting with uh, pastors in, 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 in the city of Jackson and doing things of that nature. But God knows right. I don't need any early announcements. I don't need no more news coming out of there just yet. I want them to stay quiet until they go ahead and name their, their coaching staff. So that's what I'm hoping for. But, brother, <laughs> enjoy the rest of your birthday. I understand Thank that you, it's bro. going to be tough, you know, uh, for for the majority of us. You know, we, we got our love from sports, from our father, and I understand exactly how tough uh, today might be for you, especially this fall will be for you. But just know, man, that, that uh, amongst other things, the love of many things your father has passed on to you, man, and continue to hold on to that love, man, and most definitely pass that on to your son. And once again, man, just always understand that blessing of being able to make it to another year. 47. I'm waiting for my chance to get to 47. I'm right behind you. I've got a couple of weeks before I become 45. But, um, (laughs) yeah, man, you know, for for the way that we've grown up, you know, it was a blessing for us to even reach 21. So for us to be in our mid-40s and still here, man, you know, I I, I count those blessings daily. Yeah. I do too. Thank you very much, bro, for those kind words. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week, man. Who you with? Who you with? All right. That's my guy, Dwayne Nash. Please check him out on on the Y'all Slash HCU Sports. We ask about all things HCU Sports. As well as Sleazy Radio on Facebook Live every Tuesday night. Good show. Check it out. Also, his work on uh, HeroSports.com when he raps about FCS Sports. Uh, No good football and basketball. Thank you all very much for tuning into the podcast. It's the Clan Hour. Signing off. And as always, please stay inside, stay at home. If you go outside, please wear a mask. And last but not least, oh, shit. <laughs>